0: Enterprise Management 360. Your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the CM360 podcast. I'm Richard Steen and Chief Research Analyst at IT Harvest. I write books on IT security, work with IT security technology providers on their go-to-market, and I'm a trusted advisor to CISOs and their teams. IT Harvest is an industry analyst firm that covers over 3,400 vendors in the cybersecurity industry. Today, I'm joined by John Owings. He is Global Director of Cloud Native Architecture at Portworx, and we're going to be talking about solving developer productivity challenges. Welcome, John.
1: Oh, yes. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad I'm here.
0: Yeah, John, kick us off by telling us about you know Portworx, and then specifically um, how we start talking about productivity challenges, challenges, and addressing them.
1: So yeah, we we kind of moved into that space really because we're involved with containers and Kubernetes, right? So Portworx is a storage platform or a data management platform, probably the best. W- Accurate way to describe it, a data management platform that is built into and around the, the container ecosystem, which evolved over the last five years into mostly C- Kubernetes, which uh, how that relates to developers is that's where the applications are landing now. So we see, you know, 95% of applications are being developed for containers and in order to manage those nearly everyone, I won't say everyone. Is turning towards Kubernetes in some way, shape, or form, a managed version, you know, something. And uh, that's where we come in to be able to help that out.
0: Got it. And what's been happening over the last few years as we make essentially a transition to, um, you know, where we put our applications and just the that whole architecture, um, how do you feel about the market in general right now? Yeah, so, I, I mean, if you go back,
1: right, and you see... That just the explosion of app. Everyone, everyone can write an application. Every every bank has a mobile app. Everyone, so there, there just there are millions of apps now, right? And whether they run, you know, web pages or whatever, it, there is such a demand for developers to write, you know, to help businesses do what they do in a in a new or innovative way that. Uh, really getting that easy, like making it easy on them is, is job one, right? So whether that is letting them select their own tools, you know, just the, uh, different, you know, perspectives, you know, when it comes to delivering those applications, right. And we'll talk, we'll talk, you know, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, cloud native as a concept, not maybe not the foundation, so to speak, but just that, Hey, whether it's running in a cloud or on premises where it should look like a cloud, uh, the developers expect it just to work, right? I I hit go on my code, I compile it, I push it to a repo, it goes through a pipeline, right? And all that is automated. And when it's automated, right, it's no longer moving at the speed of a person. <laughs> it can't, right? It's all APIs, it's all driven by software, even just delivering that software. So that's why you know we've seen a big change in just the demand and also just the tooling
0: and support underneath it uh, how it has to run. Got it. And, you know, so we, we've got super fast deployments, um, <clears throat> really cut and paste for how you do that, right? It's uh, every time I go to, you know, create an app from open source, it's here, just run this script and it, you know, launches <laughs> the <laughs> containers yeah, and the clusters yeah. and everything you need. Um, so we've got lots of automation, but how does that impact innovation? You know, was, there's going to be large companies. There's going to be a lot of restrictions on how you actually do that. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so I, I think, like, the latest kind of trend in that is the dev DevSecOps, right? We've had a lot of people, you know, we've talked about DevOps for 10 years. Uh, in the last maybe two years, and maybe, maybe longer, but, like, when I've seen it at least, is this DevSecOps, like, building security into each one of those. So in the – as these, like, super fast processes have started – Right, they've realized that, hey, people can deploy to production really fast. One, like, is that secure? Right, that's a question that you should have asked. And two, like, is that highly available? It's like, is it going to work? Like, is it or is it going to you know, just because someone can, you know, go fast, should they? And so a lot of the enterprises that we work with, right, we're, they have lots of checks and balances built in right around, you know, how those things deploy, how, you know, how, you know, what environments you can touch all those things. But the main part now that I see is, is the questions being asked. And that there's, I mean, I've, there's a red hat survey, a VMware survey that that's out on, on cloud native uh, deployments. And security is the top, top concern for, for every, every, customer you know obviously we deal with data so the security builds into that but like uh, i would say in general like they're like hey, hey how do we make sure we're not going to get ransomware we're not going to get hacked you know whatever so um that's a big that's a big draw and when you if you don't build it into your process you're gonna you're gonna be you know in a world of hurt you know either you're gonna bring something down or you're gonna leave a hole open that you didn't intend to
0: Okay, so connect the dots and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think of PortWorks as, you know, I don't know, disaster recovery um, for uh, for containers, right? You're mm-hmm. you're grabbing all the data in them. You can reproduce them quickly if you have to roll back that kind of thing. Um, how does how, how does that help? You know, reduce that friction and help people innovate faster.
1: Yeah, definitely. So. The, you know, connecting it back is that because it's a, it's, it's, it does have DR, but it's more of a, a data management platform. So it, it is abstracted from the physical block infrastructure and, or, blo- you know, any infrastructure, like I, I say block, like that's storage, right? So, but it, it's abstracted from that in, in so that you now um, can get that same experience everywhere. And what that brings is yes, DR. So I can make sure I always have a second copy of the data. So if I have a, a node fail, you know, a, a, a VM physical node, whatever it is, I always can fail over quickly, right. Within a few seconds to another place and not lose any data, right. That's, that's what everyone's goal is. Like, I don't want to lose any data. So, uh, we have that built in, but also other things because we control that platform we're able to build in encryption, right? So we can encrypt that data anywhere. Where, whereas if you're a cloud customer, you, you know, hey, I don't want anything to be in clear text in the cloud. I can encrypt it, you know, as a whole, right? We build that in. Or like I have multi-tenancy, I have different groups that, you know, we can't let them see, you know, we can't let the admins be able to see the data because hey, there's credit cards in it. or. Whatever, right? So we can encrypt those volumes all you know all separately, like with different keys, right? So uh there's there's that, right? And then there's also um a automation piece that's built into that, which which we call we call it um autopilot. And what that means is like, hey, this is scale like auto-scaling for the for the data portion. So you have auto-scaling for compute and RAM, you know, RAM and network. So like, you know, if you're in, if you're in a certain cloud, they will allow you to just keep consuming resources, you know, if you, as you grow, but the data part is not really part of that. So what we do is we actually let you grow that data and to tie it back to the innovation or the, the, the speed to innovation is if you have to stop and troubleshoot downtime, if you have to stop and request more resources, that, that slows the whole, whole group down. And if you are A you know a bank we're working with they they literally have sixty thousand developers if they can't have to go wait for resources it's you know it's big trouble yeah (laughs) so um you know what I mean that that they still get paid right and so that's just wasted money so one for the business they want those people to be productive two like if you're sitting around you're not you know you're not doing as well you may be searching for a new job or something like that that, that would be bad yeah. so um obviously we want want them to stay happy and have you know that be able to deliver what they're doing
0: so paint a picture of how a you know a big devsecops team would be using portworks you know just on a day-to-day basis in their current workflow
1: yeah definitely so as you deploy you know, you know certain applications you need to one have the checks in there hey is it encrypted is it it, is it highly available, right? So what Portworx provides is within Kubernetes is just the construct, you know, a storage class, like, hey, I need da- data for a database, MySQL, for example. All right, and as they as they deploy their applications, right, in that, in that automation, they could say, you know, get me a MySQL database that has this level of security, this level of protection, You know, even even site to site failover, if you if you have to do that with a hybrid cloud, like I need to go from on prem to the public cloud. Right. And that's all defined basically as code is YAML or something like that. And um, that just gets stamped out as a template for as they consume their resources. Right. And customers have built that right from. Day one of Portworks, we've had customers that hey, they've built this. They're on their own. Uh, they've they've kind of built all those pipelines. And one of the things we're we're kind of looking at now is abstracting that even one more level and providing them an API and basically a menu of data services. So you're no longer saying hey, I you know building your own MySQL service with this amount of security, this amount of of protection, data protection built in. Uh it, you know, now it's just here's an API, give me a MySQL database, and all of the other parts are built in. Does that make sense? So we're actually building a platform yeah. on top of like what you would consider traditionally portworks that data platform. And we're calling that, you know, this portworks data services, but that's basically a a way to um even shortcut that for the developers, you know, even more so, so like, Hey, instead of going and learning and building all your little tools and build, building the tooling to deploy a, a database, cause you could spend all, you could have a whole team spun up just to get that one database working well and, you know, make sure it has all the right security and encryption and everything built in. But you know, uh, then someone comes up and asks, you know, well, okay, that's great. You have that for MySQL. Now I want Postgres or I want Cassandra or I want MongoDB, right? So what we've we've done is created a common platform for all of those data services, whether you know whether it's MongoDB or Cassandra, MySQL, Postgres, uh, Redis, you know, some of the other ones that many of the application developers will ask for, right? In this, especially in this day and age where they're like, hey, I just need, I don't need to go be an expert in Cassandra, I just need it there. <laughs> and so we're providing that um, as an abstraction as well. So that's like a, a a uh it's been out for a little over a year now, but it's it's a it's a abstracted way to kind of get developers away from Kubernetes. And, you know, they don't need to it's a kind of a waste of time for them. They're too valuable to go learn Kubernetes, go go
0: produce value for the customer for your for yourself. Right. Yep. <clears throat> Work on those feature sets. So what you're what you're describing is a way I think that the development teams can focus on what they do well and everything else can be, you know, obviously a lot of thought goes into it, but you essentially templatize the processes you need to deploy. Yeah. We call uh, the the
1: marketing, what they call their curated images. That's what marketing calls them. I just, you know, I call them templates because I'm just a, just a, you know partial engineer right
0: <laughs> right um so you know if you take this down to the the pennies um how does this improve the cost um in a few ways right one one is
1: if, if you're looking at that plat- that database as a service platform right now instead of having a specialized silo team for each one of those databases. Really the reason it was built was because a customer had that they had a silo. They had a team for, for Oracle, a team for Microsoft, a team for, you know, Cassandra and one for Mongo. And that's, that's unsustainable. One. I mean, I've been hiring people to, to work in this world for, for the last couple of years, it's hard to find people are really good at this. <laughs> and so um, making that simple for, for those teams that run those, you know, whether they're DBA teams or they call them data architect teams, whatever that name is, right. It's going to change, but Hey, let's make that simple and give them a single operator, a single API to work with that can do all of them. So that way you can have, you can have deep knowledge in that and not have to like become so siloed and specialized where you, you know, you can't, you're going to need, you know, 100 people to run it so that that's obviously a cost savings it's a simplicity savings all those fun things uh in addition to that because we're able to kind of operationalize that the storage piece underneath and make that independent from the infrastructure right it's not tied to any particular hardware uh, whether it's a cloud or on-prem there's you know even though we are part of pure storage it's not it's not like only pure uh it works with anything and the, the best part of that is now because we can actually automate those pieces you don't get, so it costs money when things go down, right? That's, that's, everyone agrees on that. And if we can automate that, uh, that piece, what we can get is uh, auto growth for the database. So this used to happen to me when I was, when I was a customer, it was, it, it was exchange. So you can, you can picture how long ago that is. It, was anywhere? I don't know if people run Exchange on prem <laughs> anymore, right? It's all cloud based. But um, you know, the drive that your Exchange server it fills up, you know what happens? Everything goes down. Your SQL Server fills up, everything goes down. So what we do is we op, we basically automate that. Where when it gets to eighty percent full, just expand the drive, right? You go out, you go off to the infrastructure, you collect more resources if you need to expand that pool, and boom. You know, no more SEV1s at 2 in the morning because the database went down. So that's that for me, like as a as a, um, you know, a former engineer that that's super. That's my part. Like, I love that. Uh, the business likes it because one in the cloud, you can actually right size that that environment. So I no longer, you know, for what you need today, you don't have to guess. You know, we might grow to 200 terabytes tomorrow. So let's. Let's you know provision that. Well, guess what? Like the cloud providers, they're still going to charge you whether it's one percent full or hundred percent full. So what we do is we because we allow that auto growth is that you start with ten and as it starts to fill up, it just grows right. And if for all my storagey people out there that are that are starting to have a panic attack that it would just grow into infinity, like you can't put a cap on it. <laughs> you know you don't. Yeah. You, you know if you don't want one day get a billion dollar amazon bill that would be really bad that would be bad
0: and i just want to point out once an engineer always an engineer so you don't <laughs> have to refer to yourself in the past tense.
1: <laughs> yes I, I yeah well i mean yes mm. I, I still mess i was writing python code this morning for something completely Buncy. unrelated so i'm trying to automate point. i'm trying to automate my son's you know the wi-fi like blocking his his mac addresses um on the wi-fi so when he doesn't do his homework i can i don't have to there you go
0: so you know there's there all you
1: know, always finding a way to put those skills to work
0: <laughs> so if um you know for essentially using a curated whatever you called it a template yep um what happens when MongoDB or Redis announces some new massive change, um, and you know you want to move to mm-hmm. the new version, but you know does that impact those templates? Do you have to wait for updated templates? So we're pretty good at um,
1: releasing those for for two reasons, right? One, features you know features that come with the, the actual database platform. You know, so MySQL has a new thing. Or a fix, you know, in fourteen point seven. Right now, we're like on fourteen point six. Actually, that's Postgres is fourteen point six. We're, you know, we want to go to fourteen point seven. We we provide that image uh, fairly quickly from release time. We do test it and run through some things, which is good. You should you should want someone to do that for you. It's um, part of what you would pay us for, right? We we vet it, and make sure it's solid. We release that, and it's a one click upgrade, or you know, to upgrade your platform. We don't force you to do it. Um, but you make it, we make it very easy and it can be zero downtime for that upgrade as well, because you have, Hey, I have, uh, multiple nodes. It can, you know, that's one of the beauties of Kubernetes and containers is I can rolling upgrade those and not, you know, take everything completely down to upgrade it on the other side is you may see an upgrade offered from us where the version number doesn't change. Like post postgres didn't change uh why why is that like well you know we 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 are constantly checking for security risks within those images right so you know there's if a cve comes out we will you know fix that and release the new release the new version um instantly so that you you know you won't be uh, exposed to any kind of bad thing you know (laughs) that that comes out so we, we watch for those as well and so you may see like hey it says update, but there's no version number change. I mean, other than the image version, but like the actual database didn't change. It's because, you know, some other component of that image, you know, whether it's a, a runtime of some type, has a has a patch, we push those out.
0: Got it. So talk to us about simplicity at scale. Um, how, how does that, is that a uh, something that, most teams aspire to i, I don't so to be 100 honest i don't know if people aspire to
1: that until they've already gone too far down the road to realize they should have aspired to it a long time ago <laughs> and <laughs> and that really comes down to is um kubernetes makes it easy to scale right the cloud providers like, you go get a managed version it makes it very easy to scale uh, the problem is that the, the storage solutions aren't built to do that, um, especially some of the open source ones that are out there. Right? They 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 are built to scale, but like at some point they become all consuming when, when at scale. So the simplicity leaves. Um, you know, it's great at three nodes, not so great at 150, 500, thousand. So the point of the very beginning of Portworx was to make sure that the experience was the same at, you know, five nodes all the way up to, you know, hundreds, even more. And so simplicity at scale really uh, has to be thought about from the beginning, but we also, we run into customers all the time that, Hey, we've, we have this, we have so many nodes. We, we were trying to do this with, you know, X, Y, and Z solution. And it's just not not happening. And so a lot of times we can insert because, you know, the beauty of it is it's, it's all containerized. It all works within Kubernetes. We can come in, kind of rescue that cluster, make that data services um, approach easier, simpler at that large scale. Um, I wish more people would you know, try it, you know, before you know, before they get into trouble because, you know, it's, it's always, it's, you know, you never want someone to experience the, you know, all night or lost data or, you know, anything that can
0: come with, with uh, some of those solutions. Right. On. Thank you so much for joining us today, John. I really appreciate you coming on. Also, thank you to everyone who's listening. Right. We hope you look took a lot away from today's podcast for further information on what we've talked about please head on over to portworks.com we'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series until then make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms follow the conversation on our socials at em360tech on twitter and linkedin and for more great daily content head on over to em360tech.com